0: to thank you for joining us once again for another episode of our Yasha Ministries Let's Wrap podcast. I am Elder Shanina Walker, and today on Let's Wrap, we're going to be continuing in the Old Testament. We're going to be talking about the relationship between an uncle and his nephew. Who can guess who I'm talking about? Yes, that's right. We're talking about Abraham and Lot. And today on Let's Wrap, we're going to be covering the topic of watch where you pitch your tent let's wrap today we're going to begin our reading in genesis the 12th chapter and then we'll probably read a little bit in the 13th chapter as well genesis the 12th chapter beginning at the first verse now the lord said unto abram give thee out of thy country from thy kindred from thy father's house unto a land i will show thee we're gonna skip down to the fourth verse And Abram departed as the Lord spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and unto the land of Canaan they came. So we see that the Lord just gave Abraham a command. He commanded Abraham to get from among his family members. He let him know it was time for him to leave the house of his father, for, to leave from among all his family, and go to a land that he himself would show him. He went on to let Abraham know that he would bless him, he will make him a great nation. He said, I will bless those who bless you, I will curse those who curse you. He went on to let him know that all families, of the earth will be blessed because of you. The Bible tells us that Abraham did what the Lord told him to do. He departed. Not only did he depart, but the Bible says that Lot, his nephew, went with him. Now, immediately I began to wonder if the Lord told Abraham to get from among his kindred, to get from among his father's house, why is it that he brought his nephew, Lot, with him? Because indeed, Lot would have been one of his kindreds. However, as I began my study of this family, I found out exactly how it was that Abram may have found himself responsible for his nephew Lot. When we looked at Genesis the 11th chapter and we find out the genealogy of where it all start, we found out that Terah, which was Abraham's father, begot three sons. He begot, first of all, Abraham, Nahor and then Haran. And the Bible says that Haran begot Lot. That's right. Haran was Lot's father, the youngest brother of Abram. As we look down in the same chapter, Genesis the 11th chapter and the 28th verse, we do see that the Bible says that Haran died before his father, Terah in the land of his birth, which was in Ur of the Chaldees. We also see it was around that time that Abraham and Nahor began to take for them wives. And it says that Abram took Sarah as his wife. It goes on to tell us that Sarah was barren and she had no children. But the Bible tells us in the 31st verse that Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's sons, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his son's Abraham wife, and they went forth from them from ur of the chaldees unto the land of canaan and they came unto haran and dwelt there so this is how this all came about lot's father haran passed away and upon his passing his grandfather tirah which was abram's father took it upon himself to assume the responsibility of his grandson in the process of time tirah took Not only Abram, but he took Sarah and he took Lot and they all sojourned from Ur, the land of the Chaldees, over to the land of Canaan, which is where this all begins. They are now dwelling in the land of Canaan when Abram's father, Terah, passes away. So after his father passed away, Abram, being the oldest in the family, now has to assume the responsibility of his nephew Lot. So as we looked at the 12th chapter of Genesis, we see where the Lord is now set the stage for Abraham's story. The Lord told Abraham to get out of thy country. He said, get out of where you are. Get from among thy kindreds and from thy father's house unto the land I will show you. So Abraham has now gathered up everything and everybody that he owns the Bible says he took his wife, Sarah, Lot's brother's son and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran and they went forth to go unto the land of Canaan to the land of Canaan. They came. So here they come Canaan. The text tells us that Abraham passed through the land of Sikkim and to the plain of Morim. And it also lets us know that the Canaanites were in the land and exactly who were the Canaanites? The Canaanites were the people who lived in the land of Canaan in an area which according to ancient texts may include the modern day Israel, such as Philistine, Lebanon, Syria, and Jordan. According to the Bible, in Genesis, in the Hebrew Bible, the son of Ham, the grandson of Noah, was the father of the Canaanites. The descendants of Canaan includes the Sinians, the Hittites, the children of Heth, the Jezebites, the Amorites, the Jurgoshites, the Hivites, the Arkites, and the Senites, the Arvadites, the Zimarites, as you can see there was a whole lot of Ites living in the land of Canaan, and they worshiped false gods such as Baal, El, Asherah, and Astar. These false gods had the tendency to demand live human sacrifices just to appease them. The Old Testament revealed that the Canaanites were actually sacrificing to demons and all of their rituals, such as temple prostitutes, incest and orgies, divination, and many other gross immoralities were inspired by the worship of demons. God revealed to us through his scripture that the Canaanites were extremely wicked people and he would remove them from the land. The Lord begins to talk about it and tell us about the seven nations of Canaan in Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter in the first verse. He began to say, and when the Lord, your God brings you into a land where you were entering to possess it and clear away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Jerosites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Prezites, the Hittites, the Jezebites, seven nations greater and stronger than you. In Leviticus chapter 18, he began to tell the children of Israel, For the land is defiled, therefore I visit the punishment of its iniquity upon it, and the land vomits out its inhabitants. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgment." And shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own nations or any strangers who dwell among you. For all these abominations, the men of the land have done who were before you and thus the land is defiled. Least the land vomit you out also when you defile it as it vomit out a nation that was before you for whosoever committed these abominations, the persons who commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore, you shall keep my ordinance so that you do not commit any of these abominable customs, which were committed before you and that you do not defile yourselves by them. I am the Lord, your God. The Lord made himself very clear to Abraham and he also went on to make himself very clear to the children of Israel. And today he's making himself clear to us that we should not be defiled by the inhabitants of the land. The Bible lets us know that once Abraham passed through the land of Sikkim unto the plain of Morah, that the Lord appeared unto Abraham and once again assured him unto thy seed, I will give this land. And there it says, Abraham built the altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. The Lord himself came down and appeared unto Abraham and assured him that he would be with him. He assured him that he was going to give him the land. And what did Abraham do? It says, Abraham left from where he was until the mountain and on the east of Bethel, he pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. There he built the altar unto the Lord and he called there on the name of the Lord. Abraham knew in whom he trusts. He knew on whom he had to call on. The Bible says he called on the name of the Lord. We see after Abraham's experience with the Lord and him calling on the name of the Lord, the word lets us know that he journeyed on southward. I could only imagine Abraham moving in obedience to God with all eagerness, thinking everything was gonna be great ahead of him. He, no doubt he knew he had a hard journey, But yet he had an expectation that everything was going to work out because the Lord had already told him that he was going to bless those who bless him and he would curse those who curse him. But what God did not tell him that as soon as he got out there, as soon as he began his journey, there was going to be a famine in the land. And the Bible says the famine was grievous. Anybody ever move with an expectation of what the Lord has spoken to you in the spirit? You know, you heard the Lord speak and immediately you got up and moved. But what he did not show you where there was going to come a famine. He didn't show you where there was going to be trouble right around the corner. He didn't tell you that there was going to be opposition that come up against you. He didn't show you where they were going to talk about you. He didn't show you that they were going to lie on you. He didn't show you where they were going to criticize you. Those who may be talking about you, backbatting, those who might be scandalizing your name. Don't worry about the famine that's coming to your life, because just like he set Abraham up, he's going to set you up. The Bible says in the 13th chapter that Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that they had and lot with him unto the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver and in gold. In that 12th chapter, it talks about when they left Haran, they left with all of their substance, everything that they had gathered. But the Bible says when they came up out of Egypt, they came out rich. They were rich with silver and gold. I want you to know that the famine in your life today, it's only a setup. God is about to bless you with more than you can handle. But guess what? It's not just for you alone. Everything attached to you is going to win. The Bible says that he didn't leave out his nephew Lot. It lets us know that Abraham, his wife, Sarah, And Lot was with him when he came up out of Egypt. And Abraham was very rich with cattle, silver, and gold. The Bible lets us know he went on his journey from the south even to Bethel unto a place there where his tent had been at the beginning. One thing I found out about Abraham throughout this study is he knew where to pitch his tent. We have to watch where we pitch our tent. He went back to the same place that he did before where he called on the name of the Lord at Bethel and pitched his tent between Bethel and Hai unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord Another thing I found out about Abram is he didn't have any problem calling on the name of the Lord for he knew who it was who brought him through the famine. He knew who it was who blessed him and brought him up out of Egypt. He knew who it was who protected him when the king might have killed him for the sake of Sarah, but Abraham knew how to call on the Lord. But not only Abraham, the Bible says that Lot was with him. After the Lord brought them up out of Egypt, we see that here, Abraham didn't have the picture tent by himself. Abraham didn't have to call on the Lord alone. The Bible says in the fifth verse that lot also, which went with him came out of this thing. blessed. He came out of this thing with flocks, herds, and tents. I'm telling you church, Everything attached to you will win if you pitch your tent towards God and call on the name of the Lord. The 13th chapter and the sixth verse of Genesis begin to tell us that the lamb was not able to bear them that they might dwell together for their substance was so great that they could not dwell in the same area. The Lord had blessed them to such a capacity that all the stuff that they had accumulated, they could no longer remain in the same dwelling area. They could no longer remain in the same land. It had gotten so bad until there was strife between the herdsmen. So here they are dwelling in the land of the enemy. They're dwelling among the Canaanite and the Presidites but yet they're arguing among themselves. Here there is strife now between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. God had blessed them and expanded them so much to a capacity in their blessings that the land was no longer able to contain them where they were. Ain't that just like us? we get to a place in our life where we don't have much and we can get along good. Why? Because we know how to call on the name of the Lord. When times get hard, we know how to pitch a tent towards God and get on our face and call on the Lord together in unity on one accord when we're going through it. But let the Lord bless you. When the Lord begin to expand your territory and he began to, to bless you beyond measure. Now, all of a sudden here come a spirit of division. No longer can we get along. The, now it ain't big enough for both of us. Oh, we dwelled in this house just fine together when we didn't have much, when we were just in a little bitty apartment. But now that the Lord done bless you with a big house, now you can't even stand each other. You in one end of the house, they in the other end of the house. Oh yeah, there was no division among you. When you had that little one checking account where there was only a two or three dollars in it and every nine day then it kept getting overdrawn, you didn't have no problem then. Why? Because you knew how to pitch your tent towards God. You knew how to call on the name of the Lord together. But as soon as the Lord began to bless you, as soon as he began to expand your territory, now you got a checking account, she got a checking account, you got a checking account together. Now there ain't nothing but division among you. Every time you turn around, you're arguing about finance because the Lord done expand you and bless you to the point. Why? Because you're no longer calling on the name of the Lord. Your tent is no longer pitched towards the Lord. We have to watch where we pitch our tent. So here come Abraham talking to his nephew. He said, wait a minute here. Let me think about this thing. Let's just, let's just deal with this. Abraham said, let there not be any strife between us. Nephew. He said, I pray thee between me and you. We, why should we have to argue between us, between my herdsman and your herdsmen? We're brothers. Are we not brothers? Can't we all just get along? Are we not married? Are we not brothers and sisters? Why we can't get along? Abraham said, is not the whole land before us? He said, okay, why don't you just separate yourself then? He said, I pray for thee. I'm going to pray for you. Separate from me. You go your way and I'll go my way if you take the left hand I'm gonna take the right if you take the right I'll take the left Abraham told lot choose even though the Lord had gave Abraham the entire land he told him he said this land I'm gonna get to you Abraham wasn't being selfish Abraham continued to be righteous before God he said choose look out there and see what you want choose where you want to go. Wherever you want to go, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, my brother, I'll go to the left. I'm not going to argue about this thing. Is not there enough land to sustain us? Have not God blessed us enough to be able to handle what we have? Have not he blessed us? The Bible says the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and added no sorrow. When God bless you with something, he don't add no sorrow to it. Why we can't get along? Have not the Lord blessed us with the house? Have not the Lord blessed us with the car? Is it not the Lord who blessed you with the checking account? Is it not the Lord who blessed you with the job to be able to get the money? So how come you being selfish acting like it's all yours? Is it not the Lord who blessed you with the ministry? Is it not the Lord who blessed you did you do it all by yourself? Did we both not go into Egypt to a famine and we both came out with plenty? I could only imagine Abraham saying to his nephew, Lot, did we not just pitch a tent to the Lord? Did we not just call on the name of the Lord? we then, my brother, why are we arguing among us? Is there not enough land before us? And this is where all the trouble started for Lot because why Lot had never in his life had to make a choice. Of his own choices had always been made for Lot. From the time that his father died, his grandfather automatically took the responsibility for Lot. After his grandfather died, Abraham automatically took the responsibility for Lot. Up to this point, All Lot had ever done was drift through life. All he had to do was cling on to the person that was responsible for him and hang on for the ride. Remember what I said? Everything attached to you win. Because Abraham was winning, guess what? Lot was winning also. Sometimes it's not all about you. It's about who you are attached to. But many times when we get blessed, we get the big head and we begin to think it's all about us. If Lot would have took a moment to think, he would have realized that all the blessings that he received was because of the blessings of Abraham were trinkling down upon him. A lot of time, the blessings that you're receiving in your life, it's not even about you. It's because your mother's praying for you. It's because your great grandmother prayed for you. You ain't done nothing to deserve the blessings that you're receiving. But because of who you attached to, God is allowing you to reap the benefits of A blessing as well. I could only imagine that Lot never had to make any decisions for himself. Up to this time, all the choices and decisions had been made for him. All he had to do was think about himself. But here Lot is standing here with a choice to make. And for where there's choices, there are consequences. If there's one thing that we're going to take from this lesson today, we have to know that for every choice we make, there is a consequence. And because Lot had a spirit of selfishness, He did not make the right choice. So the Bible says in the 10th verse of the 13th chapter of genesis that Lot looked and saw that everywhere the jordan valley was was well watered i can only imagine in my mind that lot because he never had responsibility because he never had to really work hard for anything he turned around and he took and looked up and saw that jordan valley and how beautiful it was and how green it was he thought i don't have to work hard the work is already done this is a place of growth this place is green and overflowing This is it. Lot was deciding to take the least resistant path. Just like many of you in life, you have chosen to take the easy way instead of being like Abraham and trusting and believing God that no matter where he leads you, no matter how hard it might be, God is going to be the one to see you through it and bring you out of it. But Lot, he decided to choose the easy way. He chose what he wanted instead of what he needed. He thought just because the Jordan looked it good, because there was water flowing and there was green grass on the other side, he is showing us a prime example of him not walking by faith, but walking by sight. He saw that it looked good, so he decided this is where he needed to be. Like, we are just like Lot, many of us. We cannot see the godliness of the situation or the circumstance that we've got ourselves in for looking at what we thought was gold. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. It's somebody out there who can relate to what I'm saying right now. How many times have you looked at the outward appearance of a person or a thing and just knew that you struck gold only to end up with what we call fool's gold? an invitation of what you thought was the real deal. You know what I'm talking about? How many times you got that perfect guy that you thought he was the one, or oh, he was so kind and so nice in the beginning. And as time went on, he began to reveal his real colors. You begin to see the real shades come out. The I was once told when a person show you their true selves, Please believe it. Lot didn't see the true self of what lied beyond the Jordan. All he could see was that green grass and that water flowing. Some of you have made choices and got yourself in situations because all you could see was that fine man, but you couldn't see that he didn't have any character. You couldn't see that he didn't have any love for God. Likewise, some of you, all you see is that 36, 24, 36, that fine woman in that body. But what you fail to see is that she have a love of Christ in her heart. What you fail to see is that she had any character or she's selfish and all she cares about is herself. We have to look beyond the natural and be able to see in the spirit. So we see here that Lot had to make a choice. And in the 11th verse it says, and Lot chose him all the plains of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east and they separated themselves one from another. So for the first time now, Lot is alone. For the first time, Lot is by himself, separated away from all of his family, separated from the eyes of Abraham, separated from the eyes of Sarah, separated from his kindred. But who is he not separated from? He's not separated from the eyes of God. So no matter where we go, God sees. Not only does he seize, he knows. He knows why we're doing a thing. He knows when we're doing a thing and he knows where we're going to do that thing. So there is nowhere we can hide from the eyes of God. So I don't care what it is you're going through. You better know for every choice you make, there is going to be a consequence for that choice. So be careful where you pitch your tent. In conclusion, the 12th verse lets us know that Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. And he pitched his tent toward Sodom. So come back next week and let's find out what happens next in the life of Abraham and Lot. Let's pray heavenly father we do thank you today for this teaching we thank you for everything that you have given us thus far, lord we thank you for the warning that you were sending us to watch where we pitch our tents god we thank you for letting us know for every choice that we make there are consequences lord we thank you for allowing us to know that the blessings that you have for us a lot of times they are attached to people in our lives God, help us to be able to discern those people that are good for us and those who mean us no good. Lord, we just love you today. We praise you. We ask that you would search our hearts. The sin that you find in us, move it out of the way. Create in us a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit in us. Search us, oh God. Wash us today and we shall be whiter than snow. Lord, we love you. We accept you as our personal Savior. God, we need you like never before. God, we ask that you would touch those who are far near, those who are listening all around the world that you will continue to bless them, keep them, guard their hearts and their minds by your word. It is in Jesus name I pray. Amen. I am Elder Shanina Walker and I do thank you for listening to our Let's Wrap podcast. Come back and join us on next week for the conclusion of this two-part series, Watch Where You Pitch Your Tent. I love you, Elder Walker love you, but you better know that God will always love you more. Until the next time, have a blessed day.